This is a Federal News Network podcast. For a federal contractor, the best motivation for a New Year's resolution is a better shot at more work. My next guest won't help you lose weight or write more letters, but he does have a few things you can do to help your business prospects. Federal sales and marketing consultant Larry Allen joins me now. And you've got some New Year's resolutions. I know it's a stale idea, but these are pretty decent ideas for kind of getting back to the basics, Larry. Tom, they are ideas for getting back to the basics. And yet, if every contractor did them, just as if we fulfilled our other New Year's resolutions, we wouldn't have to come back to these. But the fact is that a lot of contractors, even experienced businesses, don't really always hit the basics. So I thought at a time of year when we're making resolutions for our personal lives, it would be good for contractors to make some for their federal business lives so that they have a good 22 2022 on that front as well. All right. Well, let's start with some of them. What are your top ideas here? Well, my number one resolution for contractors is for uh, them to research on the agency prospects that they want to target before they reach out to those agencies, Tom. As we mentioned at the top, this may seem obvious, but I can assure you it's not. You want to make sure that you're doing research on what the agency's buying Did they just buy what you're trying to sell them? That happens more often than you would think. So you don't want to go call on an agency only to find that they just let an enormous contract for what it is you wanted to sell. That's not going to be helpful. Also, make sure you have the contract vehicles that that agency buys from. So, for instance, if you're selling in the Department of the Army and they buy from a lot of Army technology contracts, You better have one of those or have a partner who has one of those so you can use that preferred platform. Those are just a couple examples of why it is important to do research before you actually pick up the phone or send an introductory email. Yes, because agencies nowadays are getting, I mean, this trend toward getting away from price. It's a long-term trend, but we're seeing less price-oriented many more best value types of procurements. So details other than the price really matter and they go deep. Well, Tom, you hit on one there, but that's my next resolution and that's details. The devil just everywhere else in government contracting is in the details. Here, what I'm talking about is making sure that you as a contractor follow through in a timely manner on agency requests for information request for clarification. Let's say you get that introductory meeting and it goes well, and your prospect asks you to follow up with them in a couple of weeks and provide them with additional data. Tom, again, this is something that seems obvious, but I've seen numerous contractors drop the ball here who never get back to that agency. They get distracted by the flavor of the month that's walking by. Some new project comes down the street. They had a prospect who is willing to buy from them potentially wanted to learn more. The opportunity was there to provide more and they just don't do it. That's a great way to have a prospective business door close just because you weren't taking proper notes and didn't follow up as the agency asked you to do. So make sure that you're following up and that you're doing it in a timely manner. All right, let's talk about the idea of contract mods because sometimes, uh, well, this can happen sometimes a a solicitation can change simply because someone objected to something in the original solicitation. And if you don't update accordingly, you kind of get out of the uh, loop there too. 
That's right. That's a very good point, Tom. Particularly this day and age when you get multiple pre-award contract protests on large IDIQ vehicles. If you don't track the changes that come as a result of some of those protests, you could be responding to an RFP that's out of date, which makes your response non-responsive. You don't get a contract. So you have to pay attention to what the modifications are, what the changes are in that contract, so that when you're submitting a bid, you're submitting on the current set of expectations and needs, not necessarily what the original needs were, because those could have changed. And for your existing contracts, if the government sends you a modification, don't sign it before you read it. Again, this seems obvious, but the most recent example I can give is in the GSA schedules program, where something like 90% of all schedule contract holders just signed the COVID-19 requirement that they were all going to have their people vaccinated. Well, you know as well as I know that of the 90% of companies that signed that mod, Tom, at least half of them had no idea what it was they were signing. The government sent them something, said it needed to be signed. They signed it and sent it back. This is something that can get your company in lots of trouble. If you don't know what you're signing up for, uh, if a key term has changed, you can go proceeding down as if you think some set of terms are going to govern your contract, but really it's something new and you can find yourself in a heap of trouble later on. So it may not be glamorous, but just like, you know, you need to put the Christmas tree away, you need to get the ornaments up and put them back in the attic. This is the necessary work you have to do to keep your contracting house in order. We're speaking with Larry Allen, president of Allen Federal Business Partners. And let's talk about some of the challenges on the government side this year. You're concerned about especially GSA being able to get a crucial contract out on time. This is going to be a big year for GSA, Tom, in terms of getting a couple of really big IDIQ contracts either out the door or ready to go out the door soon after the end of this new year. First up, there's the Polaris contract, GSA's next generation small business information technology contract. We expect to have the first RFPs come out this month. Uh, And then by March, all of the RFPs for the different parts of the contract will be out. Polaris is going to be a huge test. It's not easy doing a small business set-aside contract in an IDIQ setting. You get protests. I hope that GSA has taken the time to make sure that all of their requirements and all of the things that are in the terms part are crystal clear to industry, particularly smaller businesses who may not have done very much of this before. Otherwise, Polaris stands the chance of getting bogged down in protest land, which could take months. So that's the first challenge. One of the bigger challenges that the agency is going to have to address throughout the entire year is making sure that they move on their OASIS follow-on. Right now, it's called the Services Mac. I'm sure it will get a snazzy name later on this year. Maybe that can be one of the things we do is come up with a contest to name the new GSA uh, Services Mac vehicle. Well, if they have Uh, Polaris, maybe they can call it Nautilus. Nautilus, right. 20,000 leagues under the FAR. Uh, so, you know, you can do that type of thing, but the bottom line is that's going to be a huge complex contract. Oasis has been phenomenally, uh, popular. 
uh, GSA and industry and customers, I think, all hope that the follow-on will be as useful and as flexible as Oasis has. It's not scheduled to go out until next year, Tom, but all of the nitty-gritty work, all of the heavy lifting has to be done in 2022. GSA is going to have to make sure that they hit their marks on that in order to keep that going because Oasis will run out of time and space, and you don't want that to happen until you've got your next vehicle in place. And that's a key point you made. They really have to have a lot of communication now with industry because seeing these big IDIQ solicitations get sunk under protests is kind of a dreary way that it kills some of them. Yes, and there's been ample evidence of that happening even inside GSA. Uh, Polaris, after all, is the new uh, program to come in place of the Alliant 2 small business contract. Right now, we have NIH's CIO SP4 contract uh, on some sort of delayed extended hold, specifically because of about two dozen protests they've had in the pre-award arena, never mind whatever they might get after they start making contract awards. Uh, Polaris really has to kind of run that protest gauntlet, Tom. Uh, I know they've got a good team in place. I'm optimistic that they'll be able to uh, wend their way forward towards an award. Uh, Let's just hope that that's what happens because agencies and small businesses could really use this type of contract. And that gets us back to your final resolution, given the fact that we have a continuing resolution (laughs) and we've got to, we even had a snow day to begin the first working day of the year. I mean, how often does that happen? And that's the idea of perspective. Perspective, Tom, this is a long year. This is going to take many months of preparation before we get uh, to the end of the uh, fiscal year. Uh, You mentioned we're starting under a continuing resolution, continuing that way. We were going to be that way for the next little while. It's important to maintain perspective and, above all, maintain a sense of humor. Remember, we're all people working with other people, trying to reach a common goal, which is to make the government better and to work as a partnership between contractors and government agencies. Keeping the right perspective, keeping the sense of humor, Uh, We'll keep you on a more even keel and uh, make sure that you have a really good year. If you take things too seriously, uh, you may end up in a place you don't really want to be on a lot of levels. So uh, I don't recommend coming to me for jokes, Tom, because my sense of humor is lousy. But find a way to see humor in what you do every day. All right. Larry Allen is president of Allen Federal Business Partners. As always, thanks so much. Tom, I thank you, and I wish your listeners Happy selling. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the President and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. 
You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life, and um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style, and how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, It's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about but that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, What I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance in some cases and 
without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, And I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And and, uh, I've learned a lot, both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I I would like to add one thing, if I could, Shane. Um, During my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.